Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. As always, I am Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnston, and with me today is our youth pastor here at HBC, David Carpenter. Hey, how are y'all? And today we are concluding uh, our series on the Sermon on the Mount. It's been a six-week series, uh, and today we are in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears the words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house and it collapsed and its collapse was great. When Jesus had finished this sermon, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Jonathan, I was preparing for this study and for this uh, message. And um, if, if, if people get to know me a little bit, something that I love, I'm very interested in, is uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, it's an amazing feat uh, of architecture. It's uh, you know uh, an, uh, a piece of our history that I think we don't necessarily understand or 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 even value to the amount uh, that it was truly amazing in its construction. Of course, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge was built by a man or dreamed up really by a man named John Roebling. It would be his son and then later even his daughter-in-law that would see its final completion. But in this, uh, you know, period of time, suspension bridges were not something in the U.S. that were common at all. And it was something that uh, had begun to happen in Europe. But to think to build a suspension bridge 1.1 miles long to stretch the East River, connecting Brooklyn and Manhattan, forever changing the course of New York City was something that was, you know, really unbelievable. And even after its construction, the bridge was still something that, you know, people were very wary about. People were afraid. They actually had P.T. Barnum after its construction bring his <laughs> elephants through and march it down the Brooklyn Bridge to show that it was sturdy. But, you know, something that was started construction in, in 1863 and was uh, finished 14, 15 years later and is still standing today is something that's pretty impressive. Right. Something that's stood the test of time. And John A. Roebling, speaking about the building of the Brooklyn Bridge, he said this. He said, the foundations for the support of these large masses of masonry must be unyielding. What was he talking about? Well, just a little bit of, I guess, architecture slash history. The Brooklyn Bridge is constructed on two giant caissons, one on the Manhattan side and one on the Brooklyn side. What these caissons are, are two 160 foot long by 102 foot wide rectangular boxes that were, that were sunk down into the water and used as the base to build this impressive structure. Uh, David McCullough, the, the historian in his book, The Great Bridge, he, he said this about those, those caissons, just so you understand a little bit about them. The easiest way to explain how the caisson would work, Roebling and his assistants found, was to describe it as a huge diving bell that would be built of wood and iron, shaped like a gigantic box with a heavy roof, 
strong sides, and no bottom. Filled with compressed air, it would be sent to the bottom of the river by building layers of stone on its roof. The uh, compressed air would keep the river out, help support the box against the pressure of water and mud, and make possible make it possible for men to go down inside, dig out the riverbed. As they progressed more and more, stone was added. The box would sink slowly, steadily, deeper and deeper until it had a firm footing. The evacuation could then or the, yeah, the excavation, excuse me, could then stop. The interior of the box would be filled with solid concrete and it would be the foundation of the bridge tower. So Brooklyn Bridge is one of the most impressive things ever built by mankind, eighth wonder of the world. But before this thing could be built, these massive boxes were constructed. Mm -hmm. They were sent into the East River, floated out like boats, then sunk down. 20, uh, 10 to 20 minutes at a time would go down into these, into this, this box full of compressed air, digging out the foundation for these caissons, which were sunk deeper and deeper and deeper down into the East River. Mm. And then finally, once they got it deep, hit the bedrock, all of them, the, the excavation would stop and they filled them with concrete. And this is the, the base or the foundation that the Brooklyn Bridge lays on. Mm. All this to say... In order to build something great, in order to build something that will last, we have to start with what we are building on. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan, over the last five weeks, we've learned that blessing comes through our sincere humility before the Lord as we live godly lives, enduring persecution, maintaining our identity as salt and our purpose as light to the world as we say what we mean, and mean what we say, while we do not worry as we trust him completely and we do not judge pridefully, hypocritically, or hastily. And we are to the closing of this sermon, mm -hmm. the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher to ever preach. Mm -hmm. And here we are, the piano is softly playing, I surrender all <laughs> in the background. And Jesus is coming to a closing and he is telling a story about two men who decided to do something. They mm -hmm. both decided to build. Right. They both had a vision for a house. Mm -hmm. But the difference in these two men was not the message they received or the goal that they had, but the foundation that they chose to build on. Mm -hmm. And so is true for so many people in our world. So many people who grew up in church, go to church, are part of a community of faith, they know the words in the Bible. They understand scripture. They could take you through uh, different parts and, and, and give you a good explanation of what it means. They've received God's word. But now we're to the part where it's our turn to do something about it. Right. And we see two men who in this parable or teaching that Jesus gives end up with completely different outcomes. And much like the incredible structure that stands in the East River today, over a hundred years later, mm -hmm. we see one whose house stands in hard times, stands in a storm, and one whose house crumbles. Mm -hmm. And it, it gets us to this point where we have to ask, on what are we building our lives? Yeah. Uh, so, so what you're saying is it's foundational, right? It's a foundational <laughs> truth, a certainly. foundational truth. Uh, it, it is interesting to me, as you pointed out, that Jesus is concluding his sermon this way. 
Like this is anyone who's ever preached sermons knows like this is kind of what you talk, call the takeaway moment, right? Like this is this is where you make sure whatever you want the people to leave with is voiced in this moment. And Jesus uses this moment to say, hey, anybody who's heard what I've said, but they don't act on them, they're, they're this type of man. But anybody who hears what I said and acts on it, well, they're, they're this type of man. Uh, and it all comes down to, like you just pointed out, to what that foundation for two men who have the same vision, but their foundation, their idea of foundation is different. And I, I think that it's easy to see these men for their differences. Mm-hmm. And their differences definitely are 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 glaring, are jarring. And I think, you know, anyone who has, you know, any kind of thinking person would see, all right, I definitely want to be this guy. You <laughs> right. know, the differences of one's called a fool and one's called a wise man. Right. Okay. One has a house that stands and one has a house that falls. But I think that it's easy to overlook these similarities in these men. Both hear the message. Yep. Both are given the same information. Mm-hmm. Both want to do a good thing. Mm-hmm. There, you know, we don't see in this foolish man that his intentions were bad. Right. right. So they start in the a very similar place. But when it comes to application, when it comes to the decisions they make about their future, mm-hmm. what are are the differences there? What what separated these two men? Because you know, I think that it's it's easy to look at them and go, "Hey, I would never be that guy. I'd never build a, a house on sand." You know, I'm I'm not a, an architect or or any kind of uh, carpenter outside of last name, but. <laughs> I, I think that many of us would go, well, that's, of course that's dumb. Why would you do that? But what we see in, in our spiritual lives mm-hmm. and what's heartbreaking, you know, Jesus mentions just before the, the passage that we read that many will stand before God and say, Lord, Lord. And he said, why do you call me Lord? I never knew you. Right. And what, what we see in a spiritual sense is that many people build their lives with good intentions mm-hmm with with the right ideas yeah. but the wrong foundation. Yeah. And you can build the greatest structure yeah. in the world. Yeah. But without a foundation that will last, it is all in vain. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I don't know about you David growing up here I'm sure you've heard this story numerous times being a PK. Uh, <laughs> when I was younger for whatever reason in my mind I had these two guys building on the beach. Right? Probably just cuz I was thinking sand. Um, and that really didn't change for me, honestly, until, uh, probably around college, I I read a book, uh, by Joshua Harris, who I I would not recommend anyone read any of his writings after this book, uh, because he has since left the faith. But in his book, Dug Down Deep, he specifically looks at this scenario, these two men, and he pointed out that, you know, this is, this is desert everywhere is sand. And the difference between the two men is the one who builds his house on the rock, well, he, he dug down deep enough yeah. to find the rock yeah. to build on. So he put in the work to, to get to that foundational point where the other man came along and looked at the sand, oh, this will be good, and just started building on top of the surface and stayed on that surface level. Yeah. 
And um, I say to our students all the time, of course, if you don't know, I'm a, I'm a student pastor here for our our sixth through 12th graders. That's a ministry I lead. And I say to them, uh, I, I would hope every week almost that, you know, a faith that lasts is a faith that's your own. Um, my, my goal for our students is not, you know, Jonathan, you have a son who's in our student ministry. My goal for your son is not that he believe exactly like you in everything. That's mm-hmm. not my goal. Mm-hmm. My goal is that he would believe what he what he believes for himself mm-hmm. and not for you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, our parents, you know, you can protect your children from certain things. You can shelter them, certainly. But there will come a time where they're going to be faced with making decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. And a faith that will last for them and a faith that will last for each of us comes in those moments of challenge. These houses for these two men, the flaws in one of them and the strength in the other were not exposed until the storm came. Difficulty and hardship are an excellent proof of character. (laughs) Of course, Jesus said in Matthew uh, 4.45, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rains on the just and the unjust. Jesus said in John 16, 3, I've said these things to you that you may, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. Hardship is something that is some, that we all face. Difficulty is something that each of us will come against. And, you know, we find out a lot about our faith in the moments where it is tested the most. Mm-hmm. The Greek philosopher uh, Euripides said this, how can you think yourself a great man when the first accident that comes along can wipe you out completely? Mm. Paul Bear Bryant, somebody who maybe you and I would yeah. would would know more <laughs> of the work of a uh, legendary football coach is credited with saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Of course, maybe my favorite quote of all of these comes from Warren Buffett, who said, when the tide goes out, you find out who's been swimming naked. All, all these things are really are presenting this idea that Jesus is that when when trial comes, when obstacle comes, when hardship right. comes, which it will, yes, for each of us, that is when we find out what our faith is built on, what kind of foundation we have laid. And I don't want people to hear, you know, we're talking about our students in, as an example and say, well, I didn't lay that foundation. I guess it's just too late for me. Because the yeah. truth is, Hey, if you haven't built that foundation, you're one strong wind away from being blown away anyway. So yep. reconstruction is is probably a, a wiser choice because you're <laughs> saving yourself the heartbreak. Right. But we we have to ask ourselves, hey, what kind of 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 structure are we building our lives on? What what's at the the core, at the foundation of our faith, of mm-hmm. our lives? Where where does that rest? And I like that Jesus is saying, apply, he's talking about applying these words right. because it's an application that we really see that. Jesus said, where your treasure is, mm-hmm. there's, your, there's your heart, right? right? So we, we can say, oh, well, yeah, of course, Jesus is the foundation of my life, but let's look at it. What's, what's the foundation of our finances? Mm-hmm. What's the foundation of our marriage? What's the foundation of the way that we raise our children? Right. What's the foundation of the way that we plan our schedule? Mm-hmm. What, are, what is the foundation of the decisions that we make? Is it, oh, this job makes more money? Mm-hmm. Or is it, oh, this job is what I feel God's calling to lead me to? Right. You know, what, what are the things that, that in actuality and practicality and application that we are placing at the forefront of our lives, at the foundation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just hearing you say that, 
took me immediately to James as well, right? Because James says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And, and then compares it to somebody who looks at their, themselves in the mirror and then stepping away from the mirror immediately forgets what they look like, yeah. right? Uh, and I think, I think churches are full, if we're honest, of people who have heard the message and have some level of knowledge. But it's that line from knowledge to application yeah. that a lot of times, that, that it does involve the digging deep and the putting work in, uh, that if we don't do, then then we're just very well educated sinners. Yeah. And and you know, I I think that there are many people who have heard and believe. You know, they believe in Jesus and they mm-hmm. believe in his sacrifice on the cross and believe in his resurrection. But then they miss the step of application. Mm-hmm. How does that change our lives? And and obviously, you know, we don't we don't believe and we don't preach in work salvation. The thief on the cross never did one good work. All he did was place his <laughs> right. faith in Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, you're with me in paradise. There was no baptism. There was no speaking in tongues. There was no, no, nothing. nothing. Yep. It was just his faith. So we yep. believe that our faith in Jesus is all that gets us to heaven. Yep. But in just a few verses before what we read, we see that the evidence of our faith or the fruit of our faith mm-hmm. is good works. James talks about that as well. In Galatians, you, you can read that, the way that our faith is shown, not proven, right. but shown, evidenced, mm-hmm. is in the way that we live our lives. Right. And, you know, one of my biggest frustrations, I think, and, and biggest, you know, fears, the things that eats at me the most is that, you know, people will come to church on Sunday and then go to a restaurant and be rude to a waiter or waitress, yep. not tip them, and then leave an invite card for church on the table. <laughs> and, yeah. and, we hear the message and we know it. It's, it's head knowledge and it, it may even be something we believe it's heart knowledge, but does it become hand knowledge? Does it affect the way that we go to work? Does it affect the way that we treat our spouse? Does it affect the way that we raise our children and spend our money and everything? Because the good news of the gospel is yes, Jesus came to save you from hell. He did. He came to give us eternal life. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm not taking away from that. And if that's all Jesus did, that would be enough. Right. But Jesus came to do so much more. Mm-hmm. He came to give us an abundant life, a life that is full, a life that is joyful, mm-hmm. a life that despite the storms that come will not come crashing down around us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, what Jesus is laying out here for them is the fact that both of these men are building their entire house on whatever foundation they've chosen. And just as you said, a household in Jesus' time, that was the entirety of, of your being. That yeah. was your finances. That was your occupation. That was your your lineage, yeah. right? Like your legacy was going to be based upon your children and, and how they were raised. Uh, and so all of that is tied up in this house that these men are building and and the one does build it on the the right foundation and so then when those tough times come it stands but the other one and, and I love how even in in the way Jesus points it out it says um, in verse 25 when it says the rain fell the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house that this wasn't a mild storm yeah. like this was 
every type of natural disaster that could knock this house down yeah. came against this house and it still didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. Whereas the, the other gentleman, the same, same storms come, rain fell, rivers rose, winds blew, pounded the house. Same, same situation. Yeah. But his house collapsed and the collapse was great. Yeah. Which is one of the most tragic uh, sentences in, yeah. in, in this passage. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, it's interesting that this illustration, it, it says that the, the, the floods rose. So that's coming from the bottom. Right. The, the rain fell. So that's coming from the top yep. and the winds blew. So that's coming from the side. Yeah. And it, it makes me think second Corinthians four, eight, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, <laughs> perplexed. Another translation says it this way. We are hard pressed on every side, yep. but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. We, yeah. we face uh, hardship and attacks from, from every side. That is something that is common to all people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. life, nobody gets out of it alive. <laughs> but each <laughs> yeah. of us faces hardship. Each of yeah. us face, faces death. Each of us faces sickness in, and, 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 you know, a, a multitude of ways we experience these things. But what we see is a good foundation mm-hmm protects you regardless Mm -hmm. of the way that you are being shaken, regardless of where that hardship comes from. And it can can come from so many places. You think about Job in in the Old Testament, such a wonderful example, because, you know, uh, Satan comes to God and says, can I I test your servant, Job? He says, yeah, you can do anything but kill him. Okay, you can't harm Job, but you can can take from him. (laughs) And he does, and he loses his wealth. And he loses his status mm-hmm. and he loses his family yeah. and he loses his, his, his belongings and he loses his security yeah. and he finds himself at the very bottom. So much so that it, his wife comes to him and says, Joe, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> yeah. He's miserable. Yeah. And Job speaks these incredible words. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's in those moments, it's the Job moments that it's hard to be a Christian. It's in the Job moments (laughs) that you find out what you're really made of. It's on those difficult days that we really find out what our faith is constituted of. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a gut check. Oh yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not always the easiest message or sermon to preach, or it's not always the easiest conversation for us to have and say, Hey, what's, what am I really trusting in? Right. Jonathan, uh, you know, and, and you folks will, will hear me talk about this even more as we get closer to Easter, but my family has gone through, uh, loss in, in the past several, uh, well, several weeks, the last month, uh, 39 days ago, yeah. uh, my, my father passed away. He went to be with, with Jesus in heaven. And I remember the night that we got that call. It was late on a Saturday night. Um, I, I prayed and I said, God, I need heaven to be more real than it's ever been. Yeah. And it is to me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot about myself in going through what is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Yeah. You know, you... In, in the last year and a half have yeah. lost your yep. father as well and know yep. that, you know, that pain of losing a parent and the, not just the pain of loss, but the frustration of, hey, this is the person I need to call to ask <laughs> these questions to because right. this is the person I've always asked these yep. questions to yep. and frustration 
and confusion and the the natural God why God why now God why this way those questions that everyone has asked. This is two pastors. So if you've been through loss or face struggle and think, well, I'm the only person that's asked that. No, no. Nope. Each of us are, are drawn to to ask those questions. And in the moments where our faith is shaken, is when you find out where your faith really rest. Yeah. We got to do a gut check, got to do a heart check and really look at the foundations of our lives because we don't want to be the man whose house falls greatly, like a house of cards crumbles in right. the worst possible moment. Because, hey, let me tell you, the worst time to be without a house is in the middle of a storm. <laughs> right. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, when, yeah. The, when the water's rising and the, and the rain's falling and the wind's blowing, that's the worst possible time to find yourself without a hoard, or without a house. Yeah. And and you know you think about that Warren Buffett quote when the when the, the, the tide goes, the tide out. goes yeah. out. That's the worst time to not have a swimsuit. <laughs> yeah. And we got to look at our foundations and really do a gut check and and really do a heart check and think, hey, how were my foundations built? Right. Were they built in a way that is going to last? That's going to stand? That's going to uh, withstand testing and hardship? And, and that's a, a question that, you know, really only you can answer truly mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say there's nothing on the outside with either of these two men that anyone would be able to observe initially and, and determine who was wise and who was a fool until the storm hit. And then that's when it became evident. Um, and so it is in those moments when uh, our, our heart is revealed, when what we have built upon is is shown for what it is. Uh, and as this teaches, and as, as you have so well uh, explained, that better be a foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if it's anything else, it's going to be found lacking. Yep. Um, it may hold for a day, but it's not going to hold for these storms in life. Um, so if you're listening to this today, uh, as we wrap up, we, we pray that your foundation is on the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you, if you don't have a relationship with him, we would love for you to reach out. Uh, you can send a comment on, on the link that you're listening to this on, or if you're listening to this on the radio, you can contact Harrisburg Baptist Church uh, and, and they can put you in touch with one of us. We would love to tell you how you can become a follower of Christ. Or I would even say, quiz that that Christian friend you have and ask them how how they can guide you to build your foundation on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Um, and if you are a believer, but maybe you you acknowledge, man, I've got knowledge, but maybe not the right application. Uh, I pray that you're part of a church family who can come around you and support you. If you're not, we would love to have you here at Harrisburg Baptist Church, three twelve South Main Street. Uh, come check us out on a Sunday, 9.30 for Bible study, 10.30 for worship, or Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Um, because we're just trying to do life together and trying to uh, journey towards Jesus together. Uh, so for myself and for David, this has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrisburg Baptist Church. Uh, we pray that as we build into this Easter season that you Uh, know Christ. And if you do not know Christ, we pray that you will come to know him during this time.